It's the Black Jackson Estate. Welcome back to the pod. It's the virtual, so it's the innovator, the icon. He's one. How's your day going? Fantastic. Every day is a lovely day and today was no different so i'm having a lovely lovely day the week's off to an amazing start and i'm excited to be here to record this episode and talk about a subject matter we all love and appreciate which is the jacksons the jacksons at large and this month the Jackson Sisters. User 1.5 has painstakingly driven the work on today's episode because she is the centipede. She is hot. User 1.5, are you there? Hello. Hello. I don't know how I got uh, centipede, but I guess it goes into the theme of the song of the show today, so I'll take that. Mm-hmm. I will be that. I will be that. I'm doing well. I just got off of work, slayed a couple of heads today. So I am uh, sitting back, enjoying my water. I too am enjoying some water. Today's episode is brought to you by H2O because you need to hydrate. And how are you going to be moisturized if you don't drink moisture, aka water? So we are so excited to dig into the gorgeous, gorgeous girls known as Rebe and Latoya Jackson. Now, before we go too far, we've made a determination here um, that we're not going to deep dive into Janet today. And users, I just want us to put that up front because listen, Janet is a tour de force and we need to explain to the people, listen, there's only so much time. And you know what? This is... For all of you out there in listening land, podcast land, this is episode one of two of the sisters. So we're getting to Janet, just not today. It's not going to be today. She is the moment. She is uh, the one. And we have lived through her documentary and are now on the other side of it. And listen, what she was barely able to fit into two days, we absolutely cannot fit into one episode. This is strictly for the folks who need that Rebe and Latoya debrief because you do need it. Before we get into today's episode, let's stop and thank our sponsor season four episode two is brought to you by this episode sponsor mr peter coleman peter coleman thank you so much for being a donor and you are now one of the users we are people power podcast be like peter please donate, support us and get a shout out on the next episode. We can't do it without you. www.paypal.me forward slash black Jack estate. And you can hit us on the cash app dollar sign BLK Jack estate. Every dollar, every dime goes to keep our episodes all online and uh, yeah, keeps our streaming services up and keeps the content coming hot and heavy to you. We've all got full-time jobs and the Michael Jackson estate does not pay us. So here we are, panhandling, panhandling to keep the good story going. <laughs> you can always follow us on social media. User one runs the tweets. 
That's twitter.com forward slash blackjack estate. User 1.5 runs our Instagram. That's instagram.com forward slash blackjack estate. You can also find user 1.5 at Lena Latoya on Twitter. And user two is back up and running. That's Ashley K. Blue. Ashley with an I no cap. And I might let you follow me if you request me because the account's on lockdown. Shout out to Randy. Can't ban me if my account's locked. Uh-huh. Do you love us? Do you hate us? Do you have questions? Want to send us fan fiction, memes, and everything in between? Show ideas, love letters. Email us at theblackjacksonestate at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you and respond directly to you. You know what that is. That's our news music. It's time for the Black Jackson Estate News Roundup, where we give you everything Jackson related. And a quick recap, because nobody's going to give it to you like us. First up, Women's History Month, March. A beautiful time. It's so nice to be a black woman. We get two months back to back where y'all should be cash shopping, Venmoing. Um, sending us all the money so we can get snacks, vittles. This gas is up. Rent is hot. Vittles. <laughs> so women's history. Amen. Too, damn Too damn high. Too damn high. And we are underpaid in comparison to our counterparts of mm. the male variety. So we celebrate women all over the place. And this is a women driven podcast that's focused on some really cool women today. User one. What else you got to share with us about Women's History Month and Black History Month? Well, I am a woman, phenomenally phenomenal woman. That's me. Is it the curve of my hips? I'm not going to do the rest. They don't deserve it. Go look it up. (laughs) Does my haughtiness offend? (laughs) Oh, Lord. I'm not going to do the rest. They don't deserve it. Phenomenal woman. Phenomenally. So I just want to say to all the ladies out there, I hope that you are being appreciated this month by yourself, by the people around you, the people in your world, because you are phenomenal. You are woman and you are phenomenal, phenomenally phenomenal woman. That's you. That's me. That's your mama. That's your auntie in them. So we are celebrating all women both those known and those unknown, regardless who have made major impacts in your life personally, in the world. And today we are happy to celebrate women who have impacted the world along with their family. But we especially want to show some appreciation for what they have done as individuals. And so I'm really excited to do that. I just want to give a quick shout out to the MJ cast. We did have some really nice things to say about our podcast in honor of Women's History Month. We loved y'all over there. I tell people all the time, the way we figured out how to get going, we listened to a lot of MJ cast. We saw what they were doing and we liked it and we figured out how we could do it too. So they've been a, a major impact on our podcast. So shout out to the MJ cast and E who is a woman who is the woman of the MJ cast. We love you E and appreciate what you do for that Michael Jackson podcast. We have,
had a wonderful time moving on just a little bit, moving on, moving back to move on. We had a great time talking about Michael Jackson's uh, musical influences for Black History Month. And we really appreciated a lot of the commentary we got. So many people said they learned something they didn't know about these individuals and that it was nice to hear how Michael came together from this very diverse group of folks and how their sound influenced his sound and how he used it to perfect himself and then move his talent, his artistry levels and levels ahead. So thank you guys for listening to that Black History Month episode. If you didn't listen to it, but you're now listening to this episode, listen to this one, then go back, enjoy that Black History Month recap. The name of that episode was, it was Black History Month Spotlight, Michael Jackson's I believe seven greatest musical influences. And you can probably guess a lot of them, but I bet there are a couple in there you didn't think about. And so it's a really good episode. Go back and check it out. Did you guys have fun doing that one? Yeah. Yeah, that one was definitely fun. It was fun to edit and to go back and uh, listen to the conversation again. So I had fun editing. Yeah, and we had some nuggets in there. We had some things you didn't know about different people. We had some things we just refused to share with you about some people. Because you know, my favorite part was going too far. I'm going to tell you my favorite part in the episode when Ashley started singing, Try Me. Try me. <laughs> <laughs> Let your love. Let your love. Ooh, that's a good one. So thank y'all again for checking out our Black History Month episode. And yeah, we hope you're sticking around for our Women's History Month, which you're here now. And um, hopefully you'll let us know what you think about this episode and uh, continue to support our podcast. Thank yeah. you for that roundup. We really appreciate you. Um, da, 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 Next up, Paris Jackson teams up with AEG. To promote her European tour dates. User one, I sent the scoop to the group and you had an immediate response. Um, actually, no, you sent this original scoop to the group chat and then I sent the article that she just recently uh, completed with the magazine. Tell us how you're feeling about Paris teaming up with AEG for her European tour date. This has been a really big conversation in the fan community. Some people feel that it's okay. Some do not. For me, it's a strong no. It's a no for me, dog. And let me tell you why. If your name is anything Jackson um, at this point, you can't team up with anyone who has those three letters for their name. Not A-E-G, not G-E-A, not E-A-G. <laughs> no combination. <laughs> You're not. You just. This is not Did a thing. Go to IGA, the grocery store. You didn't go to IGA barely because you almost in violation. Okay, but I mean, if you if you down on your dollar like that, I'm gonna let you go over there. GP, are you with me? Yeah, because it's a P. Got it. It's, that's fine. So I just don't agree. It's just that's my take on it. I just, I mean, Catherine Jackson literally sued these people. I do think they hold some responsibility um, based on what we we found out. I don't think she brought a frivolous lawsuit. Uh, I think that she just did not win it. But do I think they bear some responsibility for that man dying? Yes. Not to say they solely bear responsibility. So it just feels a little weird to me. It's loyalty, 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 like Rihanna said for me. 
So it's a no go over here, but that's a grown woman, y'all. And guess what? Grown women going to do what grown women do. And that's what the ever the hell they want to do. Yeah. So, what y'all think? You know, I'm pretty sure AG, well, actually, it might be Live Nation at this point. Like, I get nervous when I see Live Nation and Janet's name, but, you know, that's definitely not AG in its original form, but I know they do have a partnership. Here's the thing Michael is dead and gone. So, technically, you know, she can do whatever she wants. Uh, they already did the lawsuit. Lawsuit did not go their way. And yeah, we're never going to be able to prove they. <laughs> killed Michael Jackson or had something to do with it or we're never going to be able to to win that argument um never say never baby well you know what okay but remember when Sony had that leak we just never know what could happen right you're right you're right and And we already know they were emailing some they, they knew certain things that to me I would agree that showed there was some level of negligence on their behalf I think that that's true that's me now yeah i'll never forget this former judge he said i never disrespect the other side's argument in a case because they prepared and they were serious about it most likely there's always some exceptions just as i was right and i don't think that just because you lose, it means you should have lost, right? That's why we have multiple appeals processes because sometimes one court got it wrong and you get a chance to then go back and juries get it wrong all the time. Look at OJ. So, you know, that's just me. You know. How did OJ get into this? European <laughs> Las Vegas. Every episode. Every episode. <laughs> every episode. Uh, black, it's just too much. Black criminals end up finding a way onto this podcast for some reason. And this is why Michael Jackson needs freedom, even in death. So, yeah, listen. Does it look a little sus? Absolutely. She might be trying to get some inside info. You know, I I always think about Paris saying she had an ulterior motive. She didn't want to be a model. She's only modeling for money. <laughs> and she wanted to secretly get Neverland back and avenge her daddy. So, you know, I like to think all of this is that and we are just too damn stupid to understand her very wise plan. Uh, probably not, though. Moving on. Janet Jackson hosted her two-part documentary. Well, technically, was it four parts? Because each each hour was a part. So yeah, four parts. Yeah, she broke that up. She gave y'all a little animation, a little bathroom break in there. She gave us a little bathroom break. She mm-hmm. gave us two days and four hours of content. Users, we waited a very long time for her to announce the date, which we never thought it would come. Um, and since it has come out, she has now released extended versions. We've seen clips that are in different versions across the world. And we've learned a lot of new things about Janet while also learning nothing at all, <laughs> but enjoyed every minute of it. User 1.5. If um, you, you know, you were very clear in our last episode, <laughs> yeah. our last couple episodes, you weren't really expecting much, but you, no. you did have some demands. Were your needs met? Janet, I think I said in the last episode, I'm not expecting anything from Janet because she don't owe us anything. And that, and I stand by that. I feel like it was definitely a propaganda piece. I don't know what she's fitting to do, what she about to drop. 
but it was a good reintroduction for some people and introduction for others to Janet Demita Joe. You know, I'm glad she got to say what she wanted to say and how she wanted to say it. I think the most touching part was when they were riding in the car in the beginning. I think it was the very first episode. In the very beginning of the first episode, she um, was in Gary and she was talking um, to whoever she was talking to in the car, the camera guy. And um, they drove past the mural of her brothers on the side of the building and she started to tear up. And she got me there. I teared up too, because you can, you know she loves her family. You know she loves her brothers. And so, I mean, that was, that was really touching. It did give us a side of Janet that we don't normally see, which is the vulnerable side. I'm still not uh, satisfied with her Justin Timberlake explanation, but I guess it is what it is. And um, yeah, whatever she's gearing up to do, maybe she's going to give us that Black Diamond tour after all. So I'm here for it. <laughs> LOL. User one. <laughs> User one. Did you get what you needed from the Janet documentary? Yeah, I, I, I'll feel satiated. I feel full. I feel good. I, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I thought that um, this was the best. So first of all, she's the only Jackson that has, they all have a story to tell, but 15 million plus people ain't going to tune in, but to a couple. And I'll let y'all guess who's. She's one of them. So the idea of telling your own story, like user 1.5 said, that's really important. And I think a lot, of, a lot of Michael fans were salty by the trailer because she said, you know, guilty by association or whatever. Um, and we finally got some context to what she was saying. And of course, I didn't think she was off base at all. She, everyone's career was impacted by what Michael was going through. Um, and they almost, you know, they, it's called, it's called sacrifice when you love somebody you know, it's going to hurt you, but you need to help them. And she did that. And so some of the Michael fans were really kind of just a little too aggressive about some things. And it's cool. Everybody's got their own opinion. Um, However, I'm glad she got her side out and how she feels and how she felt growing up and moving into the industry. I also thought it was really cool for people who felt like she was just riding Michael's coattails to see like this lady was putting in some work. And she was really trying to not appear like that. Like she didn't want that. Like, I I think it's silly to say like, oh, the fact that your brother's the biggest thing in music doesn't help you. Of course it helps you. But she never used that or saw it as a crutch. If anything, she saw it as a almost like a burden because people wouldn't give her her own due, you know. And um, it was always in conjunct in comparison or adjacent to Michael. So I thought it was cool to see, like, listen, if you think she's just fluff, she's actually a lot of substance. So I enjoyed it. I think a lot. And like I said, going back to some some Michael fans, it's just jealous. You jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you jealous because he didn't give you nothing like that. He gave you mm-hmm. Martin Bashir. Yeah, Moonwalk. You got Martin yeah. Michigan. Uh, that don't even count. Martin don't count. And Oprah. Look at all the misstepped teammates. We got Oprah movie. Bashir. I mean, we got the worst of the worst. We got the gutter. We got 90 minutes of Michael Jackson and Super Soakers. Right. You talking about <laughs> come my house, you gonna get wet. So Michael, what are we talking about on Prime Time? And water balloons. Yeah. <laughs> you know and, and look, and Janet was even in that with the damn Super Soakers. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I walked away from it one 
edge is gone because we were thirsty. Those of us who consider ourselves Jam fam, we we be real patient with Demita. She be feeding us motherfucking crumbs, but you get what you get and you don't get upset. I appreciate the Joe Jackson rebrand. I think that was my favorite part. Um, because if the Jacksons don't reclaim their narrative, then who will? Because John Bronca damn sure ain't. Shout out to Janet for stepping out there and saying, you know what? This was my damn daddy. And if anybody gonna talk about him, I'm gonna talk about him. And I really hope that what she said remains on the record and undisputed. And I'm just glad that it's there so that her perspective and that um, perspective of Randy reinforcing, Tito reinforcing, you know, all and Rebe, all of that was super helpful context. And and I do think you're right, user one. I don't know if it's because a lot of y'all are young and were born after and was already uh, in his twilight. But Janet was working and she was working quite hard. So don't get it twisted. And I also appreciate the fact that she put the clips in there showing just how crazy Michael Jackson fans are. Because some of y'all need a check on reality. The shorty who stuck her hand in the limo to ask Janet whether (laughs) Michael was baptized or not. Like that's any of your goddamn business. (laughs) First of all, in the first, but <laughs> the way that you looked crazed, Janet, Janet, is Michael baptized? Like, what if he's not? What are you going to do? You're going to take the cassette tape back, beloved? <laughs> and you that know shit what? was weird. And then there was another one, too, um, where she went on, she was on some TV show and the host was just like asking her a series asking of Michael up. questions. Yeah. Like, can I ask you some questions? But they do that to all to all of them. Yeah. I mean, Marlon got it good. Marlon was on a video. So, and Donnie would not leave it alone. I want to ask you about your brother. He said, which one? I got a lot. I said, I know that's right. Who you want to talk about? Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing. They do that with everybody, everybody whose last that. name is Jackson. And it wasn't fair. Yeah. I get the why, but it's also like, that's not fair. I have my own project. I'm here to promote my project. I'm right. here to promote my sound, my whatever. But let me go back to user two's observation about the crazy Michael fans, because I had a run in with one on Twitter recently. Oh, Lord. are they blocked? They blocked me. They blocked so of course, her. I blocked yes. them. Yes, it's apparently some subgroup of fan, crazy fan, Michael fan called Jaxley. And they are, they stand Lisa, the marriage of Lisa Marie and Michael Jackson. I didn't know they had a name. I didn't know they had a, I, I, I didn't know there was a thing. But someone tagged us in something and said like, the marriage is done, it's over, move on. And I said, yeah, pretty much. And I hope she's happy today. You know, it's ha- had to be hard to be in that relationship because the world was watching. That comment got us blocked. And I thought to myself, you really need help. Michael fans, and I also said I felt most of them were in Europe. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, y'all. But I just feel like most of the crazy crazies are in Europe. And, and maybe it's just the footage. <laughs> Copenhagen delegation. I just feel like none of the footage is American footage of the. Is am, am I tripping? Nah, it's not us. Everybody got an accent. Michael, Michael, <laughs> it's not us. It is not us. And when I say us, I mean my skin folk. I'm talking about. No, we're definitely not doing a lot of that stuff. Variety. And, <laughs> 
we're in, I mean, it's just, some of it is just so bizarro and it's like, it makes the fans who are level headed and, you know, normal functioning adults look, (laughs) we're like a minority. And I mean, I'm just calling it like it is. If you don't follow us no more, I hope you know, I don't care. If you don't listen to this podcast no more, I hope you know, I truly do (laughs) not care. Just turn it (laughs) off. You can turn it off. (laughs) What? There is just, yeah. None of that's going to bring Michael back. And wait a minute, what's not gonna bring him back, Ashley? Them arguing with you about a marriage when he ended it in divorce. Like, how are you gonna stand a marriage that no that one lasted 16 months? That's what Jay said. That's what Jay said. Jay, Jay Wonder, y'all on Twitter. He said, Y'all stand in a 16 month marriage. What what sense does that fucking make? First of all, about five people dragged this person. And, and, and let me and let me say this before you continue. Whomever controls that account or similar accounts, if you are over the age of 15, you should be ashamed because you're Seriously. old enough. If you're, you're old. old enough to operate a motor vehicle, stop being weird. Yeah. Grow up and stop being weird because at some point you're going to have to be an adult. Michael was a pop star who existed on planet Earth, very much a human. I know it's going to be hard for y'all to believe he had to sleep. He had to eat. He even had to pee and take a shit, which I know some of y'all that might seem like a foreign concept, but he was an actual human just like you. (laughs) Had to drink water, all that shit, lotion on his skin, sunblock, you know, all the things we all have to worry about. So, you know, don't get yourself fucked up out here over another over over um i just want to read y'all some of the comments of people after i tweeted like y'all this is what got me blocked i don't care but i just want you to see the craziness somebody said jacksley so this is at 40 days and nights said jacksley stands out the pits i'm crying (laughs) what (laughs) at cc underscore d-e-z-i-g-n-z-06 Yo, and every single time a Jackson goes live, those obsessive ones will comment a million times. Have you reached out to Lisa? How is Lisa? Oh, like, no. good God, I'm dead. Really? Oh, see, this Lisa is Lisa has had it. two husbands since Michael, maybe three. I, I don't recall. I think she done forgot about that dick. So I'll bleep myself. Even, she done right. forgot about that dick. She done she like had Scientology and everything. Like, she got other shit to worry about. It's people going through her trash. Right. Okay. She is gone. Listen, y'all leave that lady alone. Leave her alone. She's got her own family. She's got her own problems. And Michael is no longer one of them. But y'all need to shut the fuck up and get a job. Uh, (laughs) Moving on back to Janet. Uh, (laughs) I I really appreciate her highlighting the fact that she had a penchant for crackheads. I think all of the fans knew she had a light skin crackhead thing. Um, Um, She didn't. And, and listen, I'm, 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 I'm that's first of all, it's not the word she used. She did not I'm say not the word. And you know what? I'm I'm stigmatizing. I okay. apologize. Yes, okay. Please say she, what she said. She was married to a gentleman who suffered from drug abuse. Thank you. Um, and then divorced and married another gentleman who then suffered from drug abuse and then got into a long-term relationship with a nigga who Right. But what did she call it? Because you're what did she call it? She said she was she did she she said she was attracted to drug addicts. She said like a moth to a flame. Ooh. And I want to know where that comes from. Like, like, like what I don't that? know. 
I don't know. Because we know Joseph and Catherine wasn't dibbling and dabbling and none of that. So no. like, what did you, is, is, it, is it the appeal of seeing something that you would have never seen in your home? You like the bad boy, yeah. Like Maybe she it, didn't know what a crackhead looked like. You know, sometimes well, you ain't even around that. You don't know, you know, sniffing, you know, wiping your nose every five seconds. Well, no, yeah. I was no thinking about still, that. Like, she must, have, she must have thought, well, first of all, she, she didn't notice it in either of them when she first got involved. And she wasn't with James very long, obviously. But, it, yeah, I don't think she knew... <laughs> The crack is whack, but I appreciate her transparency. And um, yeah, she can keep that Justin Timberlake situation. Like, oh, that was a, a goddamn dub. And shout out to um, our friends, Courtney and Cam over at the Jen and Jackson pod. Um, y'all did a really good job unpacking the documentary in depth. If you want to hear more about it, go listen to them. They did a wonderful deep dive, but um, nobody gives a, gives a rat's ass about Justin Timberlake choosing to protect himself simply because you suggested that he do it. That is called bitch assness where I am from and he will Amen. never, ever Amen. be redeemed. Okay. Can, can I say this? I don't even Respectfully. talk about yeah, we're, we're about done. We're, we're done. Can we talk about Paula? Miss Paula, Miss Paula, Paula Abdul. Okay. It's 2022. She she, she said she was seen. The Jacksons noticed her dancing. She said the Jacksons noticed her dancing. Is that the lie she's going with right now? And and how is that a lie? Well, how is that a lie? Because it wasn't multiple brothers. It was one brother. It was but it, but is that true that no one else saw her sub, a subsequent to Jackie? I'm sure they saw her when correct. she came to the house. They that saw is she correct. Came to the house. Everybody's storyline said Jackie was the one who went to the game. See, I wasn't even going to say his name, but everybody saw her when she came to the house. Sigmund, and they sh- sure. hmm. We know. Listen, when when this Patreon goes up. Y'all are going to really appreciate the transparency here, but it's well written within the pages of Ebony and Jet that Paula Abdul got Jackie Jackson fucked up in these streets and God bless Enid Jackson for whooping Paula's ass. Everybody knows it happened. And running over Jackie's ass. And she unfortunately, sure now that was the move. Now that's the Women's History Month move. Because that was the Women's <laughs> History Month. And, and fucked up Jackie's bag on the mm-hmm. uh, train. Right, right. He couldn't even work. He couldn't even work. work. But now listen, because I'm not even mad at Paula Abdul because she did what a hoe gonna do. No, 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 no. Did you heard, Have you ever heard the whole story of why though? What you mean? It's in Latoya's book. I haven't heard it, man. Go ahead. She said, she said, she read the book then, damn it. Paula and Jackie had been seeing each other. Enid allegedly knew, the kids knew because they, he had them around her. Paula thought it was cool because I guess they had been, you know, living out loud for so long that she went to the house and asked to speak to Jackie at the front door and Enid let her in and said, sure. And as soon as she closed that door, she got to beating on her as she should have. Now I don't advocate abuse unless a bitch tries you. And that's exactly what the fuck Paula did. So Paula, live in your truth. You were a side piece. It's in the past. Jackie has moved on. He got a whole new situation. He is happy and healthy. And so are you. So let's just call the spade what it is. Dear Lord. 
Yeah. Anyway, Janet, I mean, we thank it you. It is for what that. it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes, I mean, Janet, you know. thank you, fam. Thank and you for you know, reinserting Paula into your narrative, Janet, because she was important. We didn't need, and that's how we got all that awful choreography on some of them. Some of them. <laughs> like, like y'all felt like y'all needed to give her a job. That's how y'all got that torture uh, set set up. <laughs> torture is bad. Thank you, Paula Abdul. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but thank it, you, but Jan. also without that scenario and her her entanglement there, we would have never gotten Paula Abdul. Don't say entanglement. I hate y'all. It was an entanglement though. That was an original entanglement. We would have never got Paula Abdul as the host of American Idol. She was fantastic in that gig, and we never would have got straight up. And that's a fucking bop. So it's like, you know, it is what it is. We just got to lay blame where it goes, you know, and then it is, you know, is what it is. Grown it people is doing grown is. things. Yeah, it is what it is. And it was what it was. So, Janet, you did a really good job cleaning up the narrative while also leaving a few tea leaves for the people who really want to know what happened. Do your Googles. Moving on. We're closing out the news segment with our update on Taj Jackson's documentary. $777,000 is the goal for Taj Jackson's documentary as of the last episode. Taj had raised $243,602. That number is now up by approximately $1,000 at $244,792. You know what? I'm going to start calling Taj Joe Biden because they both said they were going to give us uh-huh. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Bill back better alert. Bill back better alert. Bill back better alert. Not on my watch. Because Joseph has promised us things and he has given us things. There is more than 300 million American dollars going to HBCUs in North Carolina this week. Do not come for Joseph because Joseph goes to work every day. Taj barely goes to the doctor. I'm talking about my student loans, but yeah, that I money needs to be you know, reallocated to, to this to these niggas right here. But I mean, I'm okay, well, you know, people giving ties they student loan money. That's the problem. Hey, ain't nobody Biden. giving more than about twenty five dollars on that GoFundMe. Get out of here. That ain't no student loan payment. Somebody gave a thousand. Damn food, Taj, that damn food. Taj Biden. <laughs> Taj Biden. <laughs> TV. <laughs> TBD. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> wraps up the news segment. We love you, Taj. We have now reached the main event of today's podcast where we dig into the storied careers of both Rebe and Latoya Jackson. User 1.5, take it away. Thank you, User 2. Yes, we are talking about the Jackson sisters today on our episode. And let me just say this episode, we had already planned to do this episode because we felt, especially for for Women's History Month, that we really needed to uplift the Jackson Queens. But one of our legendary users, legendary sponsors, I should say, Alicia Chambers, sent us um, a message, a direct message on Instagram and also suggested that we talk about Latoya and Janet and Rebe and really kind of break down uh, their lives and careers. So on this episode, we are going to be breaking down their careers. And if you stay tuned, we are going to be breaking down their personal lives uh, at another Time. The Jackson family is arguably one of the most talented musical families in the history of popular music. During the golden age of Motown, the names Michael, Jermaine, Tito, Jackie, and Marlon, aka the boys or the brothers, were among the most recognizable names in the world. 
And while the decades since their debut as a Jackson 5 have yielded many other Jackson family musical prodigies, today's episode is going to explore the career of the girls, Rebe, LaToya, and Janet, and the, the marks that they have left on the music industry. Today, we are going to really break down Rebe Jackson and LaToya Jackson. So users, how do you feel about talking about the girls today? Two truths and a lie. <laughs> Two truths and a lie. I have purchased music by both of these sisters. I'm excited to talk about it. And I've always wanted to talk about it. All right. And user user one, what do you, how do you feel about Well, am I supposed to guess her lie? Oh, wait, are we really playing that game? I thought you were just talking. That's for the people to find out. But if you want to guess user one, you can. Well, I'm I'm excited to talk about this. At first, I didn't really know how it go. But then I started listening to a lot of Rebe's songs and I was really impressed. So I'm excited to hear what you guys think about her music and Latoya's music and share some of my thoughts. So I don't know that I have two truths and a lie, but I think this is a great topic. And no one we are your source for the topics you want to see and hear that nobody else is doing. I can go ahead and tell you that. And I think that you guys are really going to enjoy what we have to say and enjoy our um, paying a lot of respect to these sisters. Absolutely. I'm really excited. Putting the notes together, I found out things that I didn't know. Of course, I knew a lot more about Latoya than Rebe because I've read both of her books at this point. And I knew, obviously, a lot about Janet, but we're talking about Janet on the next episode. Um, so let's jump right in to Rebe Jackson. So Maureen, now I don't know how to pronounce her middle name. Miss Rebe, we so sorry. Is it Rayette? Are you talking about her government name? Yes. Hold on, let me look. It looks Maureen. like Rayette. Rayette. Ray- sh- okay, Maureen. Reliette. I ain't never noticed the Reliette, to be honest. Is I it Reliette? I hope I it ain't Reliette. That don't sound good. <laughs> well, 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 y'all. I hope it's Reliette. Reliette. You know how, you know how Miss Katie was coming up with names? She was Ronald Donald Michael. Yeah, that's how my grandma was. It was like, lady, so she was running out of names. Too many right. Names. But this yeah. is the first one. Wait a minute now. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe this is a, maybe this we could have went Maureen Robin. I like. Okay. Robin. Well, we didn't get Maureen Robin. Well, we got she Maureen wanted to make Red. something up, and and this could be a family name for all we know. Okay. Like Prince. Okay. Relate. Okay. So let's go. I'm I hope it's Elliot, like Elliot. Really? Like Elliot. That's what Ashley said. I said I hope. I did not say that. I said it was Raylet. Ray. No, you know. Oh, that ain't no Ray Lett. <laughs> That's what I'm going to stick with because R-E-I could be Ray. I R-E-I. Is the L-E-T. Ray Lett. Ray Lett. Lett. Liddy. All righty. Listen, Miss Reby, if you're listening, we want to have you on the podcast. Okay? Yes. If you're not listening. So, so that's the only way we'll podcast. settle this thing about the name. Yeah, we need to hear yeah. it from your mouth. Or or Miss Katie, if you want to come on. And, and let's be clear, we might not know how to say that, but we do know it's pronounced Reby and not Rebby. Yeah, and listen, Amen. y'all gonna put some respect on Reby Jackson's name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who effed her up? Regis. Regis was like, Rebby. I said, so you didn't even ask nobody how to say her name before she was on your show, Regis? He didn't care to ask nobody. Well, Rebby is kind of like uh, the mystery Jackson. You know, you don't see too much, don't hear too much about Rebby. 
But you were the first one, Or Reby. Reby, thank Reby. you. <laughs> I heard about yesterday. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> but you know what? It's the way it's spelled. It's a natural thing to call it. Yeah, Reby. it looks or... like Reby. Yeah. yeah. So how you doing? I'm fine. Yeah, you were the first one, huh? Yeah. You saw all the rest of them come? You know he ain't care. And she said, my name is actually Reby. <laughs> I know that's right. Get them together, sis. All right. She's so too much of a lady. She should have walked off the set, but she's too much of a lady. Go ahead. All right. So Miss Reby Jackson, Maureen R. Jackson Brown was born May 29th, 1950, and she is the oldest of the Jackson siblings. She helped to raise all of her younger siblings, and she says that anytime she does an interview, how she was basically like Katie number two, their mama. Um, so she first performed on stage with her siblings during their shows in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand Hotel and Casino in 1974. And her five brothers, of course, were the main draws with Reby, Randy, Janet and Latoya serving as fillers for the performances or basically like the intermission. So Miss Reby started her singing career, officially her solo career at the ripe old age I don't want to say old that sounds rude at the ripe age of 34 users especially since you're older than she was See, that, that that's time. why I said I didn't want to no. say old and nobody <laughs> needed to say anything about it wasn't it gonna because be I good. corrected myself mm-hmm. so users why do you guys think that she started her solo career at 34 anybody got a guess usually the oldest in a family this large has a lot of responsibility very young um, I've always looked at Reby's story as somebody who one got tired of raising her parents kids and being a full-time babysitter and decided to get married and go live her own life and then she had her own kids almost immediately so she had kids she had a husband i don't think miss reby ever had no job because she was a very strict to this day she's a a homemaker Mm -hmm. she's giving homemaker Um, and plus they had money at some by that point it's like okay well well, I mean, by the time she's getting married, they're they're on their way to some new mm-hmm. shit. So um, if Nathaniel was working hard for the money, you know, it wasn't for too long. But that's not true because they lived in Kentucky pretty separately. And that was probably very intentional for her. But I think she was in charge of too much too soon as older uh, siblings are. But in that dynamic, we in the Jackson family dynamic, we all know that all of the time and emphasis went towards the boys. And only later did the girls get some attention when Joe realized, hey, I can monetize all these little niggas. Like, they all got a little something. And when he realized they could all hold a note, like, why not? They're better than the Osmonds at that point. I think Reby ended up getting in on the action just because she could. She has a, a strong enough um, singing voice, which I like to liken to. Reby's albums sound like if the Sunday school teacher had a secular record album. Mm-hmm. Like, she really needs to be on like Motown Christian. If Reby ever put out a worship album, that actually would probably be It would hit probably right. if real honest with you. And, I want to read that. I don't know where she went to in her mind to perform Centipede, but it's just so different from all the stories we hear about Reby. And honestly, like listen to all of these songs, you know that she's 
definitely acting or, or, you know, giving a dramatic portrayal in each of them because it just, none of it really resonates with the person that we get to interact with in interviews and certainly not, not the refined Christian woman that showed up in Janet's documentary who knew nothing at any time about her younger sister's death. Well, I believe that Janet didn't tell nobody what the hell she was doing to after it was done. And that's a fucking fact. So She's like the ultimate auntie. She just gives such strong auntie vibes. Like, what can you say? Yeah. I, I, I want to read y'all something to the line, to the question that user 1.5 asked about why she took so long. So this is from Jet 1985. So it says back in the early 70s, when five of her six brothers were rolling hit after hit, Reby was living in the rural Western Kentucky with her husband, Nathaniel Brown, and their baby daughter, Stacy. Singing was a minor hobby that she generally restricted to the privacy of her home. So this is a direct quote. Even though music is a part of all of us, I never thought about doing it on a professional level. I was happy after I'd gotten married, having my family and doing those things. That's what I was into. So, you know, she wasn't like Lucy Ricardo. Ricky put me in the show. Ricky put me in. She wasn't aggressively trying to be a part of this world. And she was happy being a woman that honestly women born in the the 40s and the 50s aspired to. If you went to college, it really was to find a man and to create a family. And you were fine with that, you know. And so when she turned 18, she kind of picked that up and she was okay with that. And she it brought her joy. And she kind of got into music later because, like she said, it's a part of all of them. But she wasn't I would think like the the the, the best contrast to Reby is like Jermaine. Jermaine wanted to be a star. Why does every episode we got to bring up Jermaine? What has he I done? I said now? a contrast. I'm just doing a, a contrast, comparing contrast. I'm saying that unlike someone like her brother Jermaine, uh, she wasn't really. <laughs> why is this a problem? Y'all stay talk about Jermaine. Let him rest the episode. Talking about him. I'm just saying it's the truth. He wanted to be a star. She didn't really care about that. She was happy just being Reby. Wife to Nathaniel Brown, mother to Stacy, and living a, a saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, and fire baptized. I got Jesus on my side, and I'm running for my life. Life. That's true. That's all I'm saying. That's true. Long as I got King, King Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I yeah. Well, Ruby. You guys are correct. Rebe at the at eighteen was the first to hightail it out of Joe's house, and she got married. Everything I've read and understand, Joe wasn't too happy about that marriage. But Joe wasn't—I don't think he liked anybody that any of his kids was gonna marry. But she, she really—I guess she said, "Hell, if I'm gonna raise kids, I might as well raise my own and get to do the fun part with it too." She got out and she raised her children and she came back and she gave us four original studio albums. The first of which was Centipede in 1984 and it was released on CBS Records. So Centipede was the only one of her four albums to to reach um, a certified status. It reached gold in the U.S. Uh, on the Billboard Top 200, it peaked at number 63. And on the Billboard R&B charts, it peaked at number 13. Michael, her brother, wrote and produced a song. Michael's her brother? <laughs> yes, Michael, her brother. One of her brothers. 
Wow. Michael. Well, see, I say Michael could be Michael. You don't know which Michael I'm talking about. I'm talking about Michael, her brother. He wrote, produced, and sang background vocals on the title track, Centipede. Uh, Marlon, Jackie, Tito, and Randy co-wrote some of her songs, Come Alive is Saturday Night. Um, And the latter two, Tito and Randy, produced the song as well. Tito co-wrote Hey Boy with his wife, the late Dolores Didi Martez. And the album includes two covers, a cover of The Miracles, A Fork in the Road, and a cover of Prince's I Feel For You. There were two two singles. Have y'all heard I Feel For You is is interesting? Yeah, I liked it. Uh, It it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad cover at all. Yo, Um, fucking lie. The two singles released from the Centipede album were Centipede, which... Uh, topped the Billboard R&B charts at number four, and it topped the Billboard Hot 100 at number 24, and A Fork in the Road that topped the Billboard R&B charts at number 40. So, ladies, Centipede, what do we think about the album Centipede? It was her first album, probably her most well-known album. I think Centipede was her most well-known single. What do you guys think about that album from Ruby Jackson? Centipede, the single, is one of the greatest songs of all time. I don't know what Michael Jackson ate that day or didn't eat in his case. I don't know what he did that day, if he went to the museum or if he was at the animal cages, but that song is a forever bop. I think Reby Jackson, if she really, really wanted to, could tour off this song for the rest of her life. I consider Sunshine Anderson my play cousin. Heard it all before, Sunshine Anderson. And she Heard makes it up. See, you see, as soon as I say, you know exactly what it lies is. Lies ain't working now. Lies ain't working. Ah. North Carolina's finest. She, tours, hurt and she makes a good living touring off that one song. I just love how Rebe has this forever hit. You could play it at any cookout. Everybody knows the words to it. But I don't think she's ashamed of it. I think she just don't give a fuck about <laughs> the centipede. But I stay in the centipede. I will stop whatever I'm doing when it comes on. Big fan, huge fan. She knocked it out of the park with that one. And I don't know how much time her and Michael spent in the studio, but whatever he told her to do she did that shit you know what though ashley if it, this is this is like one of her best it's not my favorite song now that i've listened to a lot of them but this is one of her better ones obviously it's the biggest hit and i think that has a lot to do with who wrote it but it's also a good song i also think like she if she could dance janet would have had to look out if Ruby could actually dance i don't know about that oh, i think she would have gave janet I That's think not true because Janet had not only the music and the dancing ability, but Janet also had an iconic style and was very in tune with the time. I don't think Reby had that. I think Reby is fine. I think she's a beautiful woman. She's gorgeous. And, and yeah. Anything mm-hmm. she puts on, she's just automatically pretty. Like she yeah. just has she's that benefit. She's very pretty. Yeah. But she's not a trendsetter because she, I, is, I don't, she is a I, Christian woman. But that, but that also develops in time, right? So as your star rises, those things again start to to become more prevalent and honed and you get better people who help you and da-da-da-da-da. I just think that her star just never, it, it lifted, but it didn't get too far. But I just think if she could dance, we would have really, if she didn't dance like me, and uh, she had a little more of, you know, even like a, Rand, uh, a Randy or Marlon or somebody, somebody. I think it just would have helped her career. She just had like, she almost had like two left feet. And I think that hurt her a lot. But back to Centipede, it's a really good song. And I just I have to take a moment to talk 
um, and drag Michael Jackson for dedicating this song mm. to mannequins. Okay. It, okay. Why? I'm Did sorry. I don't know that? that backstory. Can somebody give me the backstory? Do you need a backstory? Apparently in the show, in the um, album liner notes, he dedicates the song to his many mannequins. Did you read that yourself? No, it's on Wiki. Now, Wiki, you got to trust and then verify. However, let me get the the album. However, do you think it's a lie? However, I'm thinking about the lyrics now. Like, what the fuck? What does the therapy got to do with a mannequin? (laughs) Maybe the mannequins inspired it. And if that was true, like there's no mannequins in the video. Michael, he did stuff sometimes that just really sent me. In the quiet of the night when the snake is in the crawling, because he did have a he did have a snake, so <laughs> he did have a snake, so he might have meant what that. Is, what is Michael doing in the dark with the mannequins? And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like now, now the quiet of the night. Okay, now hold you, on. Let me. You know I'm gonna read the lyrics. Okay, see, this sounds like a mannequin. Your love <laughs> is like a raging fire. You're a snake that's on the loose. The strike is your desire. But when the centipede is hot, you're bound to feel the fire. When the centipede is hot, you're bound to feel the fire. So Man, what, how was that a mannequin? So we're talking about the fire, what? The fire when they like burn the mannequins to mold them or something? What is okay, that? Okay, maybe mean? maybe it's this, maybe it's maybe it's the bridge. A longing for your touch, like you crawled into the no, ma'am, no. 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 And what are the okay, first of all, can we talk about now? No. I, I just actually, thought it was weird. Did you go look it up? Is I it have this there? album. I, okay. I, so I just want to tell the, the, the listeners that I got this album out of the centipede out of a dollar bin, and that is not to be disrespectful. <laughs> That's not but I got it out of a dollar bin in uh Carolina Soul Records in Durham. So it is the original album. Uh Arnett and Joe previously owned my album. Okay. So on the front of the album, I'm going to turn my camera on so the users can see what I'm seeing. Front of the album is Reedy. Mm-hmm. And the sticker that you see as you went to the record store says Centipede written by Michael Jackson. So I guess that was the main selling point of the album. Then you have on the back side of the album, on the front you have uh, Reedy in a very nice 80s looking frock, a sweater, an oversized sweater, a nice skirt, and a uh, kind of sleeveless blouse with her jerry curl dripping oh so nicely. That's her Juanina Bynum. That's her Juanita Bynum. That's a wet and wavy. It's not no jerry. That's her Juanita Juanita Bynum uh, pose. So on the back side on the back side we have Reby again and at the bottom she gives special thanks and it says special thanks to my brothers Michael Tito and Randy Jackson and also a special thanks to Larkin Arnold the CBS family Wayne Henderson and Sid Stern this album is dedicated to my grandmother Martha Bridges whom I cherish very much for her strong support of our family in more ways than one in our early years music is a beautiful gift from the grand creator being as such, it's like an antique that is from times long ago, but forever giving off an infinite, uh, but forever giving off an affinity and refuge. 
Because of its many moods, music can mean the difference between triumph and disaster, life and death. My goal is to create a sound that will relax people from their strains of life and give them what I am seeking, peace and tranquility. Love to mom and dad and the family, Rebe. Then you have the liner notes where the, or the inside of the album, where the The people want to know if Michael dedicated the song to the mannequins. We're getting there. I just want to go ahead and put out for the record. She has the phonetic spelling of her name in there. It's Rebe. R-E-E dash B-E-E. I just want to put that out there. There are no notes in here that say that are from Michael. There is not a one. So whoever said that was lying. The only thing it says about Michael is that he did background vocals and that Michael and, and Randy Jackson appear courtesy of Epic Records. I don't believe that's a lie. I bet that he really did say that. It's a lie. I but mean, she got, the, she got the material in her hands. What you mean? Unless it's on the single cover and it's not in the album notes. Well, Why wouldn't Michael write liner notes for an album that's not his? Honestly, because somebody told him to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Centipede was Rebe Jackson's most well-known album and definitely her most popular album for sure. Her second album came two years later in 1986. It was also on CBS Records and it was called Reaction. It peaked on the Billboard Hot R&B charts at number 54 and was recorded at Tito's Ponderosa Studios in L.A. Tito produced the entire album along with David Connolly and David Townsend of the R&B group Surface. There are two singles from this album, Reaction, that uh, that charted um, number 16 on Billboard Hot 100 and You Send the Rain Away charted at number 50 on Billboard's R&B have you guys heard any of the music from reaction yeah i don't like it i liked it here's my thing about Reby's voice it's nice but i don't want to hear her sing none of that like i really <laughs> want her to go sing with the clark sisters or something and just like yeah. put the soprano note like none of this music really fits her but she does a good job she can sing. She does a really good job on covers. I think she does well with covers. Original songs. Uh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and interrupt. I'm, I don't mean to interrupt you. I don't uh-huh. mean to interrupt you, like yes, Kanye you said. Yes, you like do. Kanye said. Okay, because all this is a real a lot of slander. And I, 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 I just, I'm not going to stand by it. Rebe has so many really good songs. I mean, so now I pulled up a fork in the road because it's one of my favorite songs by Smokey Robinson because he be killing it. And it's okay. a cover, like I said. It's a cover, right? But actually, I don't like this one. I don't like this cover, but I know it's one of the ones. But like Fly Away, which Michael also recorded a version of and wrote. And I like Rebe's better. Like it does incorporate some of Michael's vocals for background, but her, I like her version better than I like, you know, the one Michael did. I think she had actually some really good tracks that helped for whatever her voice lacked. To me, she was surrounded by good writers and a team. And that also, that's, that's really, really helpful. They all have this light airy voice janet michael whatever michael michael comes through like a powerhouse voice even though when he he was speaking it would be like oh you know 
But when he sang, it would be like, help me sing it. Like, that's a whole new. Now he would just open up, right? Janet, did, nobody else got that open up, like Michael and the whole Jackson family. They all have very smaller voices that are very light and airy for the most part. I would say, like, the second heaviest voice is probably Tito behind Michael. But I think Rebe had a lot of really good songs. I just, I'm just, I get why she, she was in a crowded space, especially in the 80s. A lot of like really big acts. It was, it was. Jermaine's voice is deep. <laughs> let's get serious okay so <laughs> i'm just yeah. saying she's got like uh, i sent y'all a bunch of really good songs from i agree Reed. with you she has good material i think she does better with covers Personally. and high key low key but if she could dance i would put her head to head with janet Oh no, no, you're doing too much. I don't think I said what it said. I don't think, that, I I, I don't said. think that's true. But oh, I do, fine. I appreciate Reby's voice more than I appreciate Latoya's voice. I think Latoya is a good songwriter for the most part. Reby didn't really write that much, um, but. Latoya's voice I tried to listen to we'll get to her in just a minute I tried to listen to too much of her stuff at one time and I was like I can't my nerves and you hurt yourself yeah I I couldn't do it faithfully yours fly away which she did on um, Soul Train all the other songs I sent y'all, I feel I thought I feel for you. Perfect combination was really good. I like I liked reaction. She was definitely in the 80s bag. Like the sound is super 80s, but it's like really good music. I thought she I think she's got some really good stuff. I think that where we missed the boat was if we had gotten one album with the sisters together. I think that's the missed the opportunity, but it's not too late. You know what I'm saying? So they can still make it happen. I think that. Pound they for pound. They can't even get along. Janet and Latoya arguing over whose voices got cut, whose vocals got cut. No, that was 30 years ago. That was okay. 40 years ago. All right, I'm just saying. That was 40 years ago. I think we can all get along in 2022 and we could come out with a really good sisters album. It would be phenomenal. They could do all covers. They could do covers of their brother songs and upstage their brothers. Mm. All righty. Well, Moving on. So, Reeve Jackson had two more albums, Are You Tough Enough, released on CBS Records in 1988, and Faithfully Yours, released on MJJ Productions, Michael Jackson's record label in 1998. Uh, Both of those records had moderate success, a couple of chart-topping singles, uh, but nothing was as big as Centipede was back in 1984. So, users. Reeve Jackson was featured on 2300 Jackson Street. Trivia time. I think we've all talked about this before, but here we go because y'all are tired. Which Jackson sister did not have a verse on 2300 Jackson Street? Who's got the worst voice out of all the Jackson siblings? Who's got the least the worst prof- voice? Who's got the least profitable voice? Let me let me just clean it up. <laughs> the least wait, the least profitable voice out of all of the Jackson. And Joe said, I gotta sell these voices. <laughs> I'll tell you. You really want you really want the numbers? Go I'll ahead. give you the numbers. Be honest. I mean, shoot. What what they gonna do? Block number, you get them in block nine, by Jackson. Number nine is Marlon. Yes. <laughs> Not number nine. 
man. And I hate to say that because <laughs> y'all do. Y'all do. When I say y'all, I mean Miss Catherine and Joseph Jackson, God rest his soul. Y'all did Marlon Dirty. <laughs> but I just feel like Marlon was supposed to be a businessman that can sing on Sundays. <sighs> and I'm sure he's great in men's choir. Number eight, Latoya. Not in men, not in the wow. deacons chorus. Oh, we're yeah, counting. Okay. We're doing a countdown. Okay, number, number eight is Latoya. Number, number Latoya. eight is Latoya. Okay. Number seven, Tito. Okay. Tito has a good voice. I said it was number seven. <laughs> Okay. Now, what do you want me to say? Go ahead. Number six. Hot and heavy. Reby. You know why I agree with this? Reby is the Tito of the girls. Period. Period. Except, except, except Tito, Tito has this um, musicality skill. Actually, I, didn't Reby play the clarinet too? Like she, she plays instruments. <laughs> she did at least. They didn't say. she play the recorder? Sorry. So <laughs> Reeves number six, number five is gonna go to um Randy mm-hmm. number four. What? Randy's number uh, five? How did I Janet mean, get above Randy? Let's be just, real. Jan- Randy's got number five. Janet's got number four. She just number, you know what? She but no, I said I did say profitability. Randy you doesn't said, work. Janet Randy wants does to work. Make a <laughs> Go ahead. Randy doesn't work. Randy works where he's at. He's where he's at. Made for now with Janet. So he's, he's number he's five. Okay. Janet's number four. Okay. Number three, Jackie. You put Jackie above. I was saying, how high? Janet? How you get so high? <laughs> On the profitability <laughs> scale? Yes. Yeah, because Jackie's falsetto is the one in this. But that's prof- more profitable over Okay, Janet? that's fair. That's fair. I'll rearrange. Okay, go number, ahead. I was thinking, okay, number five, Randy. Number four, Jackie. Okay. Number three, Janet. Number okay. two, Jermaine. And number one, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mannequin man. So those liner, <laughs> the, the liner notes were in the single. So I oh, looked okay. that up. So okay. that's why you don't see him. I need someone with the single to confirm. So okay, mannequin man comes in at a smooth number one. That becomes easy. But how did we? How did um? Mr. Telephone Man come in at number two. How did we get You know how Jermaine did came in at number two. He was the right original lead singer. And he was the first background singer. So (laughs) what? He was a lead background. Let's get serious doesn't keep this podcast afloat because it does. (laughs) You better drop it right there too. Well, uh, I, I think Latoya should have been. I don't know what's happening here. It's fine. Ashley just gave y'all. She did it for. She did it for clicks because she knows good and goddamn well. She have put Janet in number three. Man, don't even know what jail he used, but he somehow is number two. It, no, we're not gonna talk about his hair because y'all you black people profitability- y'all kill me. You talked about profitability, but I, I was really, I was really ranking the voices. I'm not even gonna count. Okay. Yeah, I was talking about profit. I think you did good even on both ends until you because got to the last three. Because if we're talking profitability, number one is Janet Demita Joe Jackson because that's the bitch that's still getting the motherfucking coin. Her. 
I think and, the crazy and the one who was paying everybody's bills at I one think the crazy thing is that Michael's it's still protect. it's still Michael because this dude has made so much money as a dead man. It's insane. Like no dead person has ever done it. I he's he just really became a once in a lifetime sort of talent and exploitative figure right from all these big companies it's like they said in that that tax uh opinion that came out of the 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 case there were almost more businessmen at that hospital than family members when he was on his last and that's because they knew it was about to be a thing so he's still number one profitability and i think he's number one in uh voice and he's definitely number nine in choices decision-making skill okay right continuing on with the sisters we're not going to talk about michael's poor choices <laughs> just saying, if he's going down on the list that's where he starts we're not going to talk about anyway back to the sisters all sister, right sister. we have enough time for latoya la, 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 yes because it ain't i was about to say it's not that i'm about to move like to latoya right now heavy okay no all right so we just talked about ruby and her career. If you want to know more about Reby and her personal life, subscribe to our Patreon. And we'll yeah. also go in more in on her career as well. But we're just doing the birds 30,000 30, foot view on this episode. Go right ahead. All right. So now we're moving on to sister number two. She is the person who I was named after. And that's not a lie. Latoya Yvonne. Jackson. And fun fact, she was born on May 29th, 1956 on her sister Ruby's sixth birthday. Y'all think Ruby felt like she was her little personal doll baby? No. That was a birthday gift. Because the way they treat Latoya, I don't even think Ruby was fucking with Latoya like that. <laughs> she was her, it was her personal doll baby. Like, and, and they had to share the bed, so I'm sure she was annoyed. Oh, what did Latoya say on life? Well, Latoya felt like every, every week, uh, Miss Katie would come home with a new baby. <laughs> so, so Reby is number I mean uh, uh, Latoya is number which number? Five. She is the middle child. She's the fifth okay. of the ten. Mm-hmm. And in 1972 at age 16 Latoya joined her brothers in the spotlight for the Jackson's Variety Show in Las Vegas. She released nine studio albums over the course of 15 years. She is the Jermaine of the girls. And she is a two-time New York Times best-selling author with her two books, her autobiography, Latoya Jackson, and her memoir slash autobiography, Starting Over. She posed for Playboy magazine in 1989 and again in 1991. And in 1992, she signed a contract with the Moulin Rouge in Paris to star in the review Formidable. She appeared on The Celebrity Apprentice, and she also had two seasons of her own reality show on the own network, Life with LaToya. All right. We just said a mouthful there. Does anybody want to add anything before we jump into these nine studio albums about LaToya Jackson? What's your favorite? Gorgeous. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. She is... She's gorgeous. She really is. What's your favorite Latoya Jackson song? Heart Don't Lie. The one That's that my on favorite Pop one, too. Dun, 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 dun. My favorite Latoya. <laughs> my favorite. Like? My favorite Latoya song. The one with what's his face that sung background for Michael, too, on PYT. Howard Hewitt. 
how it cue it do it Ain't that hard don't lie. Won't he ever say the male, the male uh, leading that? The one that Jaden like, five long months we've been going. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That's hard don't lie. Is that that, is that one? Mm-hmm. And then other than that, I really liked um, when she sang the background for her uh, show, Life with Latoy. No, 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 life. <laughs> That's not a song. Anyway, (laughs) Latoya's first album was in 1980. It was titled Latoya Jackson. It topped the Billboard Top 200 albums of that year at number 16. I'm sorry, at number 116, and the R&B charts at number 26. In order to distinguish herself from her famous brothers, Latoya really only wanted to use her first name, but Papa Joe said, "Hell no," and she had to put Jackson on the end of that. She was not happy. Um, her most popular track from that album was Nighttime Lover, and it was produced by Michael Jackson. Michael's putting overtime for these girls. You hear me? Emma, do y'all see her coming out of this tent in this fur? And yes, that's when they went glamping. She went glamping with Joe. Uh-huh, yeah. Why is she dressed like that? Because they were glamping. That's how she goes to bed. Okay. And this camera. So what you thought? She was going to put on pajamas? <laughs> that is not Michael Jackson. That is Latoya. Right. That was the episode when, he, when, when she said, I want to talk to you about something. Can I call you daddy? Yeah. And he was like, he was he like. Joseph at a ripe 80. Right. He wanted to be Joseph. Joseph out there, 116 years old. She told her, can I call you? She's 60. He, uh, he told her, can I call you daddy? And she was, he was like, sure you can. <laughs> she was like, now, why, why now one not? now one sister we didn't mention. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Love, go. No. This passing, is Patreon. Giovanni's on, on Patreon. Going continuing on. What I is this the, picture? It's something that she that she done drew. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if you had watched the show like I we did. actually did, you would know what's going on. Guys, cr- what? For those of you who don't know, this user one one has put on Latoya Jackson's Life with Latoya an episode. And we are watching Latoya and her family having a nice glamping session in the woods. Joe sitting out there with his hat on. Latoya sitting out here with some fur on by a campfire that they neither one of them probably started. <laughs> this show was entertaining. I don't care what nobody says. Life with Latoya was entertaining as hell. And I wish we got more than two seasons because it was quite entertaining. That's all I gotta say. All I gotta say. What was the picture of? Something that she drew for him. A cup and a saucer. Okay. But what did it mean? Do you remember? I don't know. <laughs> you watched it. It's a photo. It's she fine it if you him. don't remember. She said that she thought about him when she saw it. Okay. Anyway, Michael Jackson, um, yeah, Michael Jackson provided background vocals on her first album and I think this was the only album that Michael really participated on. Uh, from there, we have My Special Love that dropped in 1981, Heart Don't Lie that dropped in 1984, Imagination in 1986, uh, You're Gonna Get Rocked, a.k.a. LaToya, no Jackson, that dropped in 1988, Bad Girl in 1990, No Relations in 1991, Formidable in 1992, from Nashville to you in 1994, stop and stop in the name of love in 1995. 
Latoya was busy working and getting a budget, just like Jermaine. And all of these albums had moderate levels of success. But the album that I really want to focus in on right this second is from Nashville to you. Ladies, did y'all know that Latoya Jackson had a country Western music album? Latoya did a lot of things that people don't know about. Yeah. So Latoya had a country album. It was suggested, I guess suggested by Jack Gordon. He wanted her to do it. And so, of course, uh, she did. She later in her book, Starting Over, said that it was a hot mess. (laughs) She shouldn't have done it, but she did. What do you guys think about Latoya's albums? How do you think they rank in the... uh, in the world of, of, of pop albums, because she really wanted to be more of a pop dance superstar, not necessarily a, an R and B kind of girl. Well, listen, it was was never going to happen. Yeah. I think that if we're ranking, I don't even want to go to the pop world. Let's just stay in the Jackson verse. She's right above Marlon. I think Marlon is holding up the pyramid. (laughs) Do y'all just talk about Marlon so bad? Marlon was the hardest working boy mm-hmm. on that stage in mm-hmm. Morganson, okay? No, you're right. He he very Who hard worker. Who else is going to do a knee drop and come back? No, up. I'm not I'm not I'm not talking about effort because if, if it's effort, he he's 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 at the top. But I'm talking about the products that we got. I think that she's I think Marlon probably gave us the least satisfying uh, solo uh, effort and then Latoya comes in next because I mean if you look at this video right here look at her she's giving y'all body she looks good she's giving you I mean and this is just a couple of years ago I she think looks that great. She's, she's been she has found a way to stay relevant think about it through how many decades to get a show on t- on like prime cable TV and to be able to obviously still have a voice that people are going to care what you say. She is, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, she's done with much less effort than let's say a Janet. She's still been able to maintain relevancy, even if she hasn't sold X amount of millions of dollars. She's been able to do it with just being, I think the most commercially Okay, so this is what I'm saying by this. They're all absolutely very gorgeous ladies. But if we're talking about what America, white America corporate wants to sell, it's the Latoya look over the others. She's got very more Euro features um, and well, kind she of- she paid for them. She paid for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she purchased her Euro. That's Euro. where we're y'all huh? seen That's those, where we're Y'all seen the pictures of her and Michael in New York? Oh, okay. I don't know we'll talk about that. And I love Latoya. I think she's great. Well, I'm just saying she becomes a much more, a much more marketable uh, product. If we're talking about like from that perspective. Right. And I think that she used that to her advantage. That's why we get the playboy thing. That's why we get her in little leotards. So Beyonce thought that she had had the leotard thing going, but so many ladies had already perfected the leotard and Latoya was one of the ladies. I can't really be mad at her. I think she, she's sweet too. Like her music might not hit in the way you want it to, to go like, oh, let me add this to a playlist or whatever. But she just comes off as very sweet. That innocence is endearing in a lot of ways. Definitely. And she just, there was one, something that she put out um, on her Instagram. Uh, it was her and Miss Katie. And she was like, go ahead, mother. And she just has this high pitch, 
sweet baby doll voice. You can't not like Latoya, especially if you watched her show Life with Latoya. You can't not like her because she just seems so genuine in what she's saying. Now, the books, that first book and all of the controversy around that and whatever her Jack had her doing at that time, that's one thing. But I think she was very sheltered. She says that. And I think that they all had to find their way. And she she took the most indirect path <laughs> to finding her way back around to the rest of us. Well, let me ask y'all this, since y'all have both done a lot more, a lot, many more deep dives into Latoya and, and the work she's put out, not just her music works, but her books, the interviews, the shows. Like so she, she really has a brand she's been able to develop and maintain profitability from through literally decades. And that's, like I said, sometimes I think we or people don't appreciate that in the same way. Um, she's been able to sustain that interest in herself. Do you think that the non-musical choices and works or whatever have eclipsed maybe her being given her due as a musician? Or do you think that her as a musician was never going to be noteworthy, but what makes her... Okay. It's never going to happen. I'm yeah, I uh, very clear in that. That's, a, that's the end of that sentence. It was never going to happen. Now, mm-hmm. I think, again, LaToya was made for a more modern time where you don't necessarily have to have talent because her talent was really her not so much to perform, but just how beautiful she was and how her personality. I think that's the thing that folks love about her on reality TV is that She's got a bubbly, hilarious personality. If you follow her on Instagram or Twitter, she's constantly posting ridiculous, hilarious videos. Like she's got such an interesting sense of humor and and, and general attitude where she just seems like a positive person, but also like not a chump Um, and also has been quite fearful. So uh, what you mean by that user two? Fearless. Um, User two, what you mean by that? Like not a chump. What's that? What's that mean? Not and not afraid to step out and do something out of the ordinary. Like I think all of the Jacksons kind of have this very private thing about them and also a shyness that's notorious through the family. But Latoya stepping out and doing Playboy in a lot of ways is probably what empowered Janet to let. Renee hold her titties on Rolling Stone. Like Janet's photo became the more iconic visual, but Latoya stepping up and and even though in hindsight, we know she was being abused and doing a lot of this stuff against her own will, but ultimately making the determination to be in that magazine was fearless, especially being as religious as she was in particular and from a very religious high profile family. So, um, you know, we can say a lot about the eighties and nineties for Latoya because she had so much music and then so much controversy, but she did some things that kind of normalized women's empowerment, even though she was being forced to do them, which is like a whole other bag of worms that we need to unpack. Um, because you can say a lot of the same things about Janet Reby, not so much, but a lot of, but a lot of times, you know, they're performing because a man told them they should probably perform. I think 
she didn't necessarily have the performance thing going down, but she's very affable. Yeah, I agree with Ashley. I, I don't think that that performing was ever going to be her bag. I think she enjoyed it. And I think that that shows a lot. Like she has a lot of EPs and she has a lot of records that are that are just cover albums. Like she has a Motown sound cover album where she's just singing Motown tracks. I think she just enjoys performing, enjoys singing because that's the family that she's from. I think what her lasting legacy is going to be is women's empowerment but the other side of the coin of what Ashley said because she was abused for so long and and really at the time after you know everything happened with Jack she people kind of mocked her and ridiculed her and they were like, oh well man's not gonna make you do that man's not gonna make you turn to your family but now we know especially with the me too movement that there are a lot of things that as women we've endured in secret for so long and people didn't believe us, which is why women didn't want to say anything. And I think that's going to be her empowerment because people seeing her and how high profile of a family she came from and for her to, to come out and kind of own it. I mean, I think at one point she talked about how she was so embarrassed. She wanted, after she left Jack, she wanted to go home and, 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 you know, stay locked up for years. She didn't want to see anybody. And we'll get into that on our Patreon series, but I think that that empowered other women to say if she can, she's gone through that and she can get out, so can I. So I think that's going to be her lasting legs. She actually talks about that in her starting over book too, how near and dear that is to her heart as well. So, I mean, she's an amazing, amazing person, not an amazing performer. Not a great performer, but oh. overall her story is harrowing as fuck. It is. And we're going to talk about all the crazy shit. Like what one thing I think people should understand is that Latoya was one of the hot girls for a really long time. Everybody wanted a piece mm-hmm. of Latoya. All of DeBarge wanted Latoya. Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy Pendergrass. Prince was Ashley was about to say, didn't she, won't she come up out of hanging out with Teddy Pendergrass? Yeah, the now the, the Teddy Pendergrass story was that Latoya was not fucking and everybody wanted Latoya to hit. And as Latoya was coming out, uh, Marvin Gaye's wife was going in. Now, Marvin Gaye's wife actually did hit because Marvin told her she needed to, but that's a whole nother story. Latoya allegedly was not fucking. Bobby DeBarge uh, risked it all for her. Another drug addict who was pursuing a Jackson sister, and that's how Janet got involved with James. Prince shot several shots and... And don't Clearly. give him no more. Save this for the Patreon. Don't give him no more. They I don't, don't get no I, more past what, Prince. No, no, no. I'm not going to tell them any of the stories because you definitely need to pay for that. But I think the Prince of it all is really funny because Janet's sound was ultimately very Prince influenced because of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who yeah. were a part of his band and were fired. But also, clearly, Prince is clearing songs for Rebe to cover with letting her do I Feel For You. Yeah. He's sending um, Private Joy, which is one of my favorite Prince songs to LaToya to, to recreate. Prince was calling the house for LaToya. So it was up and it was stuck. Like there are several very famous black men performers who were after LaToya at the time. And I'm sure there were white ones too, but the stories that she tells in the book are really crazy. And a lot of the people that she exposes as like doing her dirty are people who we now know were predators. And LaToya told us decades ago, but nobody really wanted to take her seriously for a number of reasons. So subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah, let me ask y'all this. So how many music videos did LaToya shoot? I think she only had five. If I recall correctly from my research. We're only talking about music videos, right? Yeah, she got music, the Playboy she, videos. I think she only had five music videos. Yeah, what, like, yeah, what are her music videos? Okay, so she had five music videos? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Who who do y'all think is her brother equivalent? So we gave we said like Tito is like Rebe's brother equivalent. Who's her brother equivalent? Jermaine. She's she kept a budget. I don't know how the hell she got to people to keep giving her money for these dead. albums. I was gonna say Michael, but you say this. No. No. Jermaine. No. No. It's, it's your main because there's no real explanation on how she keeps getting the budget other than she's hustling and saying, I'll do God it. I can her. do it. And, you know, yeah. if you give me the budget, I'm going to give you 10 songs. Like Michael's mm-hmm. not necessarily going to give you 10 songs quickly. Latoya's going to go. <laughs> um, so I think I think that's the difference between them. And I will say a lot of these albums she recorded in Europe. She was very right. like with the crazy. <laughs> I know they about to add me like was Michael Right. That's why y'all need to act right. Okay. They to at me like, stop talking about us. We are going through some things right now. You see the war. She recorded a lot of these albums in Europe. She recorded a lot of this, these like like her Motown tribute album, which had like 20 songs on it. They said she recorded in like an hour. She was just, you know, um, she got sued at one point by the Moulin Rouge because she didn't finish her review. She pulled a Michael in and decided she was done. <laughs> they told finish. her they wanted her to get nude and she didn't want to get nude. Oh, was well, that why? Well, so oh. she didn't finish. Well, she's uh, a lady. You can't be asking a lady to do Well, anything. she should have read the contract because they sued her <laughs> and they won. Sometimes people um, try to switch it up on you though. You read the contract and they switch it up on you. Well, they won the lawsuit. So, um, and she had to pay them something like $500,000 or something like that. But I mean, in, in Europe, they said that she's kind of revered almost like a Josephine Baker. Like, they just love her over there, mm. you know. Um, she's dancing naked with bananas. Go, Latoya. Anyway, to round out Latoya, Latoya has been nominated for a few awards. In 1985, the World Song Festival, she was nominated for Outstanding Songwork, uh, for Outstanding Song uh, for the song Baby Sister. She won that award. And in 1986, she won a Grammy Award for Cliffhanger as a writer, arranger, and producer. Um, and the award was for the best reggae album. Uh, she received a U.S. congressional tribute for her participation in a Beat It rally and the Stay in School campaign. Her footprints were immortalized in Rotterdam's Star Boulevard Walk of Fame on December 19th, 1991, originally located in Schwegvigen. So over there in Europe somewhere, I don't know how I messed that up, but y'all pray for me. And she's the namesake. She's a namesake dessert at Millions of Milkshakes in West Hollywood. The Latoya Jackson Shake consists of strawberries, raspberries, caramel topped with whipped cream, and a Cadbury flake. Is there a that reason for that? Did she go over there a lot? Too much. <laughs> yeah, like what's the reason for that? Like what's the story behind it's that? It's like a parfait that? shake. What's the story behind that um that shake? I think I, they just I, make them for celebrities, huh? It, okay. Ain't no I gotcha. She probably <laughs> ordered that shake. <laughs> ain't no way she went there a lot. That because Latoya is notorious yeah. for calorie counting and healthy. Mm-hmm. So, no, no, no. And not healthy. <laughs> Solely surviving off of popcorn is not healthy. Right. <laughs> and Michael says she definitely did that. I know he ain't talking. Well, she also was the clean freak. Like, remember in Life mm-hmm. of the Toy, everybody in that room. She was prepared she for COVID, had her, man. Remember, she yeah. had her assistant wipe down the whole hotel room with uh, Clorox wipes. But, 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 in <laughs> hindsight, I have been doing the exact same thing. <laughs> 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 
pandemic, all pandemic, because I did watch that episode recently, and it's like uh, she really wasn't that crazy to say go wipe down all the things that you're going to touch, right? Wipe down them light switches. and that, the, the assistant was funny to me. And then LaSoy went behind her and was like, did you wipe this down? Did you wipe this down? Did you wipe this down? She said yes, mm-hmm. and no one she didn't. That is too much. No, but LaSoy yeah. actually, she was ahead of the game. I, I already know the Jack. Yeah, I mean, she was the there before we were. Different. Yeah, she was there before we were. But no, LaToya is beautiful. She is, like I said, I think her legacy is definitely going to be women's empowerment and helping women find their voice. And I just, I just love her. I really do. Um, what do you guys think? How we want to round out Latoya? Cause we are at the end of our two sisters between Latoya and Reby. Okay. What are the two songs with Latoya and Reby that we're going to put head to head in oh. a versus? I'll put um, Reby's I Feel For You versus LaToya's Private Joy because those are two Prince songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love that he was really sending all this material to the house knowing Michael was probably aggravated as fuck. <laughs> super super aggy over talking it, about yeah. you done sent my sister some more shit and you leaving me- messages. <laughs> you calling the house all like the goddamn Michael time. Don't you look like Michael Ray Don't you look like Michael Ray There are two siblings who have to be tired of hearing. <laughs> Except real. for her, yeah. her, yeah. Wigs, her wigs look better, though. Her and wigs look always, always better than Michael. Her wigs are always on point. <laughs> but, but that's because she didn't have no shame about wearing it. Michael was trying to convince us of a lie. And no, Michael lied. had Karen's ass in there trying to give him a wig. She needed. He was uh, never trying to lie. I don't think he was trying to lie about the hair. I don't. Yeah. I think Michael you know, I think thought women on planet earth were so dumb that we would not notice he had a leave out. <laughs> I really think he thought that. I really thought he thought he was telling us something. He was showing us some <laughs> shit. <laughs> like they're never, they're never going to figure this out. Girls and the girls. <laughs> no, nigga, they just shaking go wig. Girls from the girls. And Latoya ain't never put on no shake and go. All her shit, you need to put it on the mannequin and brush it. That's the truth. Right now, That's man. the truth. She got a pluck part and everything. Listen, she yeah. had she was laying lace fronts before her y'all was really laying good. them yeah. lace fronts. You hear me? Let's talk about it. If Latoya hmm. decides she want to flip a hair, it's gonna flip to where it needs to flip. It's not gonna be stiff. Are you trying to say that Michael didn't have it? Michael had stiff wigs. He did. A couple times. <laughs> so do not come for Latoya. Well, well, okay. Oh, good. This is a good look right here. She look good yeah. right there. All her, right there. Yeah. All her wigs are All her wigs are Y'all laid. can't see what we watching. And maybe that's we'll do that in Patreon. We'll we'll get, we'll do the videos so y'all can see what we're watching when we're watching. With a com- she looks really good right here. This is like a good everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's stylish. I think we we like like she's self made stylish. She's still, I mean, and she still yeah. is like the stuff that she that she wears out. Like, but it was she like, like she don't need great. nobody to dress her. Like if Janet no. dress herself, it's all black. <laughs> Janet always com- <laughs> Janet complains that it's hard to go out with Latoya because you got you got to keep up with her. You got to keep up. The sis sis is sis got it. She got you it. will fuck around and look crazy going out. Look with crazy. Latoya. Look like a peasant. And she'll but have on like a broken leg warmers and you somehow you look crazy. A bedazzled brooch. Like she was out in that desert with that fur. Or that military jacket. She got hella military jackets. That she That's why Michael ain't go out with her because he said, I cannot have this bitch trying <laughs> <laughs> do me. Nah, I ain't gonna do that. Don't do me while you with me. But honestly, <laughs> 
honestly, Latoya really helped set a lot of Michael's style off. Not to belabor that point, but we all know Latoya was Michael's first roommate on their own, and them two when he was dating Stephanie Mills when he was old, when he was when they were going to Studio Fifty Four and didn't know what was in them little vials, didn't yes. know what that little white powder was. And the, and I would love to talk to Latoya about that. Like y'all were dead ass in the club where people were fucking and doing drugs. She said they didn't know. She said they just went to dance. Yeah, it blows my mind that they really didn't notice. But Latoya was a little bit older. So Latoya, we need you on the podcast. We need to ask you about Studio Fifty Four, and we also need to ask you like how did you celebrate when jack gordon died because i know that i did and i was pretty happy for him <laughs> you know it's always, always good to see an abusive white man go to hell it really is mm, latoya was really like one of the like first style icons of the 80s think about those headbands every damn body yeah yeah was wearing those headbands because she was I mean, she really was. If you want to talk about a style icon, she definitely was one of the early pioneers of that. Because so we should have did Latoya and Michael head to head style icon. No, 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 no. We're not messing with neither one of them. They both the got kids are not going to believe in anything no. we're saying right now. They're like, no way. It's yeah, no, true. they think we're crazy. Easy, but that's okay. The, the Jacksleys don't believe it. <laughs> and with that okay. being said, I think that's our cue to get the head to head. Because her two didn't do her head-to-head Michael and, uh, I mean, Ruby and, and Latoya songs. I did. User one did. Oh, let me switch it. One. Let me switch it up because I'm not as knowledgeable about Latoya. I'm I'm interested in hearing y'all's head-to-head Michael and Ruby for Fly Away since we we've all heard both of their. I actually didn't know that Ruby had also recorded that until a couple days ago, but I really enjoyed it. What do you guys think about Michael's version of Fly Away, which he wrote, and then which uh, Ruby also recorded for her? Uh, you, yours faithfully is the name mm-hmm. of the album. She, I think the mm-hmm. yeah. exists, but I didn't need I didn't need Ruby's version. Baby's version was really good. I mean, you can clearly hear Michael's vocals on the background, but Mm -hmm. I think why take him out? um, Right, she can't hit all the notes. She did a great job, though. I mean, she really. I mean, it's a bop for sure. If I heard it uh, somewhere, I'd be like, okay, turn that up. It was really good. I mean, obviously, you know, artists do that all the time. They write a song, they record it, they give it to you to record, and you to record. Why not get paid sixteen times instead of one? You know, I mean, I just think that it was a great a great cover of it. Kudos to her for even trying it, for coming behind Michael, who was at that time the biggest artist in the world. And we hadn't heard Michael's version yet. Yeah, Michael's version good. doesn't get released till he is he uh, is he still here yeah, with we that? Got, we got fly away with the um ultimate Michael collection. So that okay. was <laughs> 2002, 2000. Right, but so but that album came out in the late 90s. So we got Rebe's first oh, before yeah. we knew Michael had done it. I, uh, I, I also think, the think fans, like the fans had those stems for Fly Away for years. So it's like, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, I mean, our fans definitely had it and you could find it on LimeWire, but it took forever for this. But the general public well, didn't know Michael. Michael to release it. <laughs> Yeah, the general public got Reby's first, didn't know that Michael had actually done a cover too. I want to give a big shout the out. The general really. public knows nothing. It's just, it's you. They have no idea <laughs> Reby did that song. <laughs> well, I, I give her that she did do it on Soul Train. So if you was listening to Soul Train back in the day in the 90s, you, you might have caught her. What I thought was really cool, what I was going to say, I wanted to give a, a shout out to Black Media because Reby was almost 50 and Soul Train brought her on to promote that album. You know, when technically that she's not the demographic, she's not whatever. But Black Media, whether print or visual, has been so supportive of uh, the Jackson family, especially in promoting each and every 
act, whether as a group or as a solo. And Rebe also benefited from that. And um, she she continued to do her thing. And I just I like that she put out music that she wanted to put out and that she enjoyed doing it. And I feel her when she was like, listen, I have done more than Centipede. She truly did. And so between her and Latoya, I'm telling you, we need an album. We need three Jackson sisters to get together and just do a re a re-release of um, I don't know, something. Mm-mm. If they're not singing worship music together, I don't. Then they'd be like the Braxtons. Yeah, they need to yeah, go. Yeah, I sing, need them to do the rainbow in the sky. Like, Is Janet need- gonna do that? You. Janet will do it. She will. Inshallah, Janet. Janet's yes, she in, will. in London right now. So you Janet talking about pa- money, you talking about Pastor Janet that posts a sermon every Sunday? You asking me whether <laughs> the one who said let God fight your battles, whether she gonna sing worship music? Janet, we need the worship music with Latoya and Reed because we know y'all was in Kingdom Hall hum hum humming along. So don't do me. Don't act like you don't know. Oh, and on that note. That you brought the, the sunshine. You brought the sunshine. Let's let him do that. No. You do Twinkie you Park. You can't come after the Clark sisters. You do Twinkie Park. Yeah, the Jackson <laughs> sisters. Yeah. No, the Clark no. sisters are, are truly my Absolutely favorite band. not. Absolutely not. Who, who is going to say Twinkie Park? That's not going to go well at all. Latoya? That's La- no. Latoya La- can La- do La- that. La- 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. 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 And then and then we would need for them to harmonize without having them tell their notes. So y'all help help. I think I think mm. Latoya could really do Twinkie's part though. There's nothing impossible. No. Okay. And on that note, Latoya Jackson, Riri Jackson, Sister Sister, part one. Thank you all so much for joining us at the Black Jackson Estate Podcast. Part two, Sister Sister, coming up next month. Janet Demita Joe Jackson. Wash your hands, wear your mask. Talk to you. Or don't. I'm sick of y'all. Do what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> do what you want to damn do. Just stay away from me. <laughs> We've been saying that shit every podcast. Every podcast for two years. Y'all ain't do shit. Roy said I ain't got to do nothing. I'll Roy, tell you what. Roy, Roy told us that we good. Governor of North Carolina, he, he said fine. Shit. Fuck him. Oh, I think man. we got it. You brought the sunshine. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> <laughs>